Hello, everyone. As we approach the Christmas season, Jim and I wanted to present you all a little gift, and it comes in the form of a book you've written, Jim. Well, <clears throat> I really, um, I don't really like the term book. Uh, I mean, seriously, it's little, it's a collection of fables that we've put into a PDF file and we've loaded it up onto the Quip Podcast website. And I'm really only claiming that it's a teaching aid. Okay, so. Um, I haven't even considered sending it to a publisher because it's, it's really not very good for reasons I'll explain later. But it is a thing that we're releasing to our listeners in the remote hope <laughs> that they might find it useful. I hear you, Jim. But before I explain what it is, why don't you tell us what prompted you to write this? Well, there are two answers to that question. The, the short one is that I was bored rigid over lockdown last year. And so I wrote most of the fables uh, in those three weeks. I mean, that's what that's what I, I did in lockdown, wrote a few fables. As well. I'm sure most of our <laughs> listeners did that. I mean, that's the normal response. Well, to you, you baked sourdough bread, <laughs> didn't you? Most of us baked sourdough, Jim wrote fables. I think that's a fair reflection on, on personality type. <laughs> So at one level, it was a lockdown project. But to explain the deeper motivation, I need to go back to, I'm pretty sure it was 2017. I was asked to take a seminar up at New Horizons, which is a big Christian festival thing that takes place every summer in the north coast of Northern Ireland. And after giving my talk, the floor was opened up to questions. And so I mentally prepared myself to face all these, you know, hard apologetic questions about suffering or the existence of God and so on. But I was completely floored by a question from a young mother. And first of all, she made the absolutely correct point that teenagers are on the front line of the culture wars going on in society. So she asked me, what resources could I recommend for for Christian parents of teenagers to help them explain the Christian worldview and how it relates to things like the LGBT movement and naturalism and critical theory and so on? And I'm not joking here. I opened and closed my mouth like a gaping fish (laughs) because I couldn't think of a single resource to recommend. Yeah, and I think that's understandable because, to be honest, there is a, a severe lack of, of quality material in that space, um, particularly for teenagers. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the resources for teenagers tackle traditional arguments you know, for the existence of God and so forth, but there's not very much, if there's anything, for teenagers uh, and their parents in the areas that matter most to them. So anyway, over the next couple of, of years, that question niggled away at me, and I, I talked to quite a few Christian organizations about the problem. Um, but no real solution emerged. In fact, the more I thought about it, the more difficult the problem became. Because, as we well know from this podcast, Ollie, the philosophical issues that underpin the culture war are actually complex and difficult. I mean, think about all our discussions about expressive individualism or, or critical theory. But unless you understand those things, it's very difficult to explain why the Christian view of human sexuality or gender makes sense. So we have two apparently irreconcilable challenges. Challenge number one, Explain complicated and difficult concepts. Challenge number two, explain them in a way that a 16-year-old could grasp. Anyway, when lockdown hit, I thought I might as well have a go at this thing myself. So I decided to write a collection of fables, and it's full of talking animals and jungle scenes. And The the result is genuinely mediocre. Uh, That's not false modesty. (laughs) I'm just being honest. But I thought that my fables might accomplish two things. First, they might be of some use to our listeners. And second, I hope it might prompt some talented young writer to do a proper job and succeed where I almost certainly have failed. The book is called The Savannah Dialogues, and the central figure is a student called Savannah Holt, and she lives and studies in London. The jungle fables are structured as a series of dreams that Savannah has. So there are five or six chapters that tell us the real-world story of Savannah in London, but in between those chapters, we find the jungle fables that she dreams while she's sleeping. That's right. 
So at a superficial level, the book charts Savannah's disillusionment with the ideologies of the progressive left and her eventual embrace of Christianity. And in The Jungle Dreams, we meet characters like Phoebe, the poetic ostrich, and Silence the parrot, and Portia, the paranoid zebra. The main three animal characters are Boo the gazelle, Puddle the practical hippo, and Callum the vervet monkey. (laughs) (laughs) When when I hear you list those names out, I I really think I might need to book uh, an appointment with a a psychologist. I tried to read them just like as casually as possible, but I I found it kind of hard, I have to be honest. (laughs) <laughs> the most important animal in the story is that he desperately trying to keep on, on sane lines. The most important animal in the story is Callum, the, the vervet. I've obviously pinched his name from the Callum cosmological argument. Ah, uh, uh, I missed that, to be fair. Yes, but he, he acts as, as the guide, if you like. Now, <clears throat> the structure of the book, as you've explained it, is already quite mad, but I'm afraid the madness runs slightly deeper than that because each of the jungle stories has an epilogue. When I when I first drafted the Jungle Fables, there was far too much teaching, you know, didactic material in them. Uh, so they were really quite difficult to read. So what I've done is effectively split them. Uh, each Jungle story now should be accessible to a 16-year-old. But the epilogues that follow are aimed more at Christian adults, you know, parents and youth leaders. They tend to be a little more philosophical and, and didactic. Uh, and in the epilogues, Callum and Savannah argue with each other, hence the name, the Savannah Dialogues. And in the real-world London stories, Savannah uses the London Tube quite often. And you've used that idea of an underground with a map of the London Tube to tie the epilogues together. Her arguments with Callum occur in a place called the Abstract Underworld. Yes. Uh, I said earlier that the book tells the story of Savannah's conversion to Christianity, and that is true. But at a deeper level, um, the book attempts to lay out the history of ideas that have led us to this present cultural moment. So it begins with naturalism and ends up with expressive individualism and critical theory. So the tube lines, if you like, they represent the three main strands of philosophical thought over the past 300 years that have brought us to this moment in history, to naturalism, individualism, and progressive politics. Anyway, the idea is that a Christian parent can read the whole book, the epilogues explain the jungle stories at a deeper level, and they can then use the jungle stories to engage with their teenage kids. That's the basic idea. Now, obviously, students and other adults can just plough through the whole thing as well if they're immeasurably bored. Uh, But the structure is designed to help parents and youth leaders teach difficult philosophical issues to teenagers. That's the basic aim. And even with that structure, I have to confess, there's still a mix of fictional narrative and didactic teaching. I mean, that's like trying to mix oil and water. So it feels spectacularly as a work of literature, but it was never my intention to write a work of literature. Okay, the thing is simply a teaching aid. Brilliant, Jim. And I know we have some very committed listeners here at the Equip Project Podcast. In fact, we had the, the stats out from Spotify and some listeners even listened on their birthdays. So if they're doing that, I guarantee they'll be getting really stuck into the Savannah Diet. Well, you know those, sure. those those days that are just a blur between Christmas and the New mm. Year? I mean, you can take, take a while and, and read this. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I've read some of the drafts myself and I really enjoyed it. It's a great read and, and very amusing as well. Um, very witty. And I think you're downplaying Uh, you're downplaying it I think it's an excellent piece of work so the Savannah Dialogues is available as a PDF on our website I'll also link it via our Instagram our website is theequipproject.co.uk so do head there uh, check out the PDF I'll make it really clear and obvious uh, on our homepage Um, and if you've got any feedback on the Savannah Dialogues do email us at theequipproject at gmail.com 
That's all from us, Jim. We're going to be back with a Christmas special before too long over the next couple of weeks. Uh, And then in February 2022, God willing, we'll return with season five. Um, But until then, we wish you a very happy Christmas. A very happy Christmas to you all. 